Well, it's time to study the Word together. I hope you have your Bibles. You're ready to do that. And let's just spend a few minutes in the Word this morning uh, as, uh, as uh, we have the opportunity to turn to me the Gospel of Mark, the fourth, uh, I'm sorry, the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, verse 40 to 42. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 42. The title of my message this morning is The Heart of the Choice. I've been talking all month long about discipleship, what it means to be a disciple, and we're going to be talking about this for a long, long time this year as we focus through the Gospel of Mark and, and just try to learn how Jesus discipled people who would in turn go and make disciples for him. Uh, for too long, as I said earlier, we've thought that being a disciple of Jesus is about learning stuff. And that's not the case. That's about a third of it. There are things that we have to learn in our head, but there is change that the Holy Spirit has to bring about in our hearts, and uh, there's action that we have to do with our hands if we're going to be disciples of Jesus. And so uh, we're just trying to learn this, this uh, year, uh, as we study through the Gospel of Mark, how Jesus took people from where they were and made them disciples who would in turn make disciples of other people. I want to talk this morning about the heart of the choice, and it's really about the heart of the four people that you've heard about this morning, and it's about the heart of the people that you've seen on the, on the screen. It's about the heart of uh, the right at 170 folks here in our church that are actively involved in ministry in some way, in some way or another. It's about the heart of the choice to be a disciple of Jesus. Let's read together Mark chapter 1. Verse 40 through 40, uh, 42. Short story, but a fascinating story that shows us the heart of Jesus for hurting people. It says, A man with leprosy came to Jesus, and he begged him on his knees, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man. He said, I am willing be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and at once he was cured. Robert Frost many years ago wrote and said, two roads diverged in a wood. I took the one that was less traveled and it made all the difference in my life and in the lives of others. Jesus puts it this way. Luke 13, 24, make every effort, he says, make every effort, strive, struggle to enter through the narrow door that leads to eternal life. The reason he says that is because he goes on to say, because many will try to enter that door, but will not be able to. This morning what I want to do is describe the way down that road less traveled and the way through that door, that narrow door that Jesus described. And I want to tell you right off the bat that most people will not choose the tougher road. Most people will not choose to squeeze through the narrow uh, door. As a matter of fact, in our country, while better than three-fourths of Americans would claim to be Christians, very few of them are struggling to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you about the heart of what it takes uh, to, 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 to make that choice and to move down that uh, uh, road less traveled. 
through that narrow door. There are two words that I want to give you today. Real simple outline. You can jot it down as we're going along. Uh, two words I want to give you today, and then I want to ask you a question, and that's it. That's all. The first word that I want you to notice from this story, write it down, is the word compassion. Compassion. In verse 40, it says, A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. Now, I don't think it should surprise any of us that Jesus had compassion for hurting people. The Bible describes his father, our God, Jehovah God, as a God of compassion. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on all those who fear him. Psalm 145 verse 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good and he has compassion on all he has made. I have prayed Psalm 51 so many times it makes my head spin, but it starts in verse 1. And it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions against you. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 describes Jesus' ministry on earth. It says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And he's the exact representation of his being. So when we see Jesus in the Gospels, we're really seeing uh, an image of who God the Father is. And so it shouldn't surprise us at all, because God is a God of compassion, that Jesus is described 12 different times as a Savior of compassion to someone hurting around him. Just a couple of examples. Matthew chapter 9, verse 39, or verse 36, rather, it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. It's the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. In Matthew chapter 20, again, verse 34, it says that two blind men came to Jesus. And they were blind, and someone had brought them uh, to a Savior who they hoped could heal them. And the Scripture said, Jesus had compassion on them. And he touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight, and they followed Jesus. Folks, I want to tell you, I don't think it surprises any of us that Jesus is a Savior of compassion. Our God is a God of compassion, and of course Jesus would be a Savior of compassion, and I don't think it should surprise us that Jesus would have compassion on this leper. But what I do think ought to surprise us is the very limited and oftentimes total lack of compassion that we, Jesus' followers, have on people in need and who are hurting around us today. Folks, leprosy was a disease that attacked not only a person's body, but also his mind and his spirit. 
The body was attacked by leprosy, and it still does today. Leprosy has been a disease that uh, has been a fear for over 4,000 years, and, and still in India, uh, which has over 1,000 leper colonies, and, and uh, uh, parts of Latin America and in Africa, uh, uh, leprosy is still on a rampage. But in Jesus' day, there was absolutely no cure whatsoever for this disease. And it attacked a person's, first of all, his skin. It was an infection of his skin. Uh, and it led to a gruesome deformity of, of, of a person's face and his hands and his, and his feet and would even cause blindness in a person's life and sometimes. But not only was it a, a deadly disease that attacked the body, but leprosy was also a disease that, that attacked a person's spirit as well. Because you see, because it was such a contagious disease, then there was so much fear about it that a person who had leprosy was literally ostracized from society and put aside from everyone else. In the book of Leviticus, the 13th chapter and verse 45, God says the leprous person must wear torn clothes to, describe, to uh, identify him. He must let his hair hang loose and cover his upper lip whenever in public and cry, unclean, unclean unclean. Lepers were not allowed to worship in the temple, in the synagogue. Lepers could come and worship only if there was a screened off area somewhere in the back where they could uh, uh, place themselves almost unnoticed. And never could they come in contact with anyone else. In Luke chapter 17, out of all of that, verse 13, it says there were ten lepers that came to Jesus one day. And it says they stood at a distance at a distance, and they cried, Lord, heal us, and Jesus did. You know, I doubt that many here have ever seen anybody with leprosy. Uh, back in the 70s, my wife and I uh, were, were in Hawaii living uh, for a couple of summers, and, and we had the chance not to go into a leper colony, because you couldn't do that, but to drive past a, a, a leper colony. And uh, so probably most of us have never seen a person that has uh, leprosy before. And so we've never had the experience of a leper standing at a distance from us. But folks, I want to tell you, all the time, we as Christians stand at a distance from hurting people around us. Can I get an amen on that? Man, we, we see someone that has a physical need or a financial need, and while we might help them from a distance, it's so hard for us to come in contact with them personally. But Jesus says that a disciple must have compassion on people who are hurting. Put a bookmarker here, and I want you to notice a passage of Scripture very quickly in the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, that Jesus is telling the story uh, to a guy, or telling the guy that, uh, man, you need to love uh, people. You need to love God, you need to love people. And the guy asks a question, he says, all right, I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives this illustration. Luke chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus tells the story. 
He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers and they stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, a religious leader, uh, when he came to the place, he saw him and he, he too passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and when he saw him, he took pity on him. The word is compassion. And he went to him and he bandaged his wounds and pouring on oil and wine. And then he took the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper and he said, look, look after him uh, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now Jesus asked, which of these, two, uh, of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Now you go and you do likewise. Now all of us, if I were to ask the question, should Christians have compassion on hurting people, we'd all shake our heads. We'd all be in agreement. We'd all vote yes. Christians ought to have compassion on people. But John MacArthur says hell will be full of people who thought very highly of the commands of Jesus. Folks, you must do more than that, he says. To be a disciple of Jesus, you must not only think highly of what Jesus says, but you must obey and take action. And that leads to our second word this morning. Go back to Mark chapter 1 and write down the second word, and it's the word touched. Touched. The first word is the word compassion. The second word is the word Touched, touched. Listen, uh, as you write to what, I, uh, what I'll read in verse 40 uh, of chapter 1, it says, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man and he said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man and he was cured. Two things I want you to notice about Jesus' touch. Number one, I want you to notice the cost of his touch. You may not get this, but every Jew during Jesus' day understood this principle quite clearly, the cost of Jesus' touch. You see, according to Mosaic law, the law of the Old Testament that regulated all religious uh, service and action among the Jewish nation, according to the Mosaic law, Jesus simply touching a defiled man became defiled himself. That meant that just like the leper, he who could not worship in the temple and could only be a part of the synagogue, a, a church, by setting off by himself somewhere until Jesus had gone through the proper cleansing and the proper uh, 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 offerings made uh, sacrifices made, Jesus too was unclean. But the Bible says that Jesus paid the price, examined the cost of touching someone in need, and he reached out his hand and he touched the man. But there's something else I want you to notice. Not just the cost of his touch, 
but also the extent of his touch. There was the cost of his touch, but it was also the extent of his touch because I want you to understand that this was no casual touch. I didn't see this at first. It wasn't until I, I got into my word study and, and, and tearing into this passage of Scripture to understand uh, tenses and all of that sort of thing that I realized that it doesn't say that Jesus came over and touched the man. The word used means Jesus attached himself to the man. Do you understand the difference? It's one thing to see a need and throw some money at it. It's one thing to say, oh, I'm so sorry. It would even be something to pat a guy on the head and, 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 and say, uh, God love you. But Jesus was so compassionate that he attached himself to the man. Do you understand, church, the cost and the extent of touching hurting people. You see, while three-fourths of Americans identify themselves as Christians, Jesus says that his judgment will be about their lack of touch or easy touch, and that's what separates them, according to Jesus, from disciples of his. Put your bookmarker right here and go back to Matthew chapter 25 because I want you to see a teaching that Jesus gives. And folks, if you want to understand uh, the judgment and what that's all going to be about, I want you to understand this, uh, this passage talks about it. I do want you to understand that this is not about earning your way to heaven. It's not about that at all, but it's about the fruit that is shown in the life of a person that's saved and redeemed and sanctified and moving closer uh, to their walk with Jesus. Watch what Jesus says, Matthew 25, verse 31. Jesus is very direct and very, very sure about what he says. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will set on his throne in heavenly glory. And all the nations, that includes you and me, will be gathered before him and he will separate people one uh, from another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. And he'll put the sheep on his right, and he'll put the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and you take your inheritance in the kingdom prepared for you since before the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we ever see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? And when did we ever see you sick and in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then Jesus will say to those who are on his left, Depart from me, you who are accursed, into the eternal fire. That's hell, friends. Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, 
and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your house. I needed clothes, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and, a, and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they all will answer, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Friends, the difference between a Christian and a disciple when it comes down to the idea of compassion and touch can be described very easily. A Christian is the person who sees someone in need and looks for the easy road. They look for the cheap touch. They throw a few dollars at a lot of needs and go away patting themselves on the back and saying, man, I'm helping a lot of people with a little tiny bit of money. But disciples, on the other hand, take the hard and the costly road. They squeeze through the narrow door by going deep in the needs of a few. Because they know they can't stretch themselves all over the world, but they find a few. And they go deep and they go long with a few. And they rub shoulders until that person's needs are met. Two words, compassion and touch. But there's one last thing i got to throw at you and we're going to receive communion and uh, have our response time. Go back to me with me to Mark chapter 1 and I want you to notice a question in this passage of Scripture. Jesus was asked a question, and he answered the question by his answer, by his answer and then his actions. It says, verse 40, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, that's the question, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. And he said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. The question is quite simple. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to show compassion are you willing to make that hard, long touch with someone who has a great need? I want to tell you something. Every person at Chester Christian Church serving at one level or another will be able to answer that question and say yes. Now, not all of them have perfected that issue and they're working on that, but I want you to understand that they are understanding what it means to have compassion for other people. That's why they show up early and that's why they stay late 
And that's why they mop floors. And that's why they practice their fingers to the bone to have worship so that it works. That's why they teach kids classes. That's why they go to the detention center. That's why they go to jail. That's why they do all of these ministries. Why? Because deep in their heart, they have compassion for people that need Jesus. But folks, I want you to understand, you can have all the compassion in the world, but if it doesn't lead to action, it doesn't mean doodly squat. You know what I'm talking about? We saw, we saw the best personalized license plate yesterday I think I've ever seen. Uh, and I, I couldn't wait to see the uh, person driving the car. The license plate said hogwash. And, and I love that, you know. And I want to tell you something, man. You can have all the compassion in the world if you're not doing anything with it. It ain't nothing but a bunch of hogwash. Can I give it to you that way, all right? Dallas Willard uh, says, faith today is treated as something that should, watch this, faith today is treated as something that should make a difference in us, but not something that actually does make a difference in us. Do you see the dichotomy, the change, the difference there? He says, somehow we've gotten the attitude that faith is entirely a mental and an inward thing, but not something that changes what you do. Friends, are you willing this morning? Are you willing to be a compassionate person and show compassion? We want to gather together around the Lord's table right now. The band's going to come, and uh, guys that are serving, please go back and and get ready for that. And I just want to tell you, if you're guests with us today, what we're going to do, trays are going to be passed. There's going to be a tray of bread, a tray of juice. Uh, just take them as they're passed and uh, uh, eat the bread and drink the cup as it comes by. But, but look at me to give you a focus, okay? Communion, the Lord's Supper, that Jesus said, hey, I want my uh, disciples every week to remember me in this way. We read that in the book of Acts. And they did, and we're continuing that tradition right down to today. Communion is totally about two things today. It's about Jesus' compassion for you and his touch on your life. Let's pray together. Fathers, we have the chance this morning to be able to receive the Lord's Supper. I pray again today, Lord, that you would help us to uh, identify ourselves as individuals who have received your compassion, who have been blessed with your touch, and uh, have been saved from our sins. And so, Father, today as we offer communion to anyone here that would receive it, Lord God, we just thank you for the chance that we have again to say thank you for the gift of your Son. Lord Jesus, thank you for your compassion and thank you for your touch. Father, through your Holy Spirit, would you minister into our lives today as we receive again today your Holy Spirit, uh, your, your communion. In Jesus' name we pray.